Welcome. You're listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast, the show that cuts through the fog of war and updates you about the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Hello, I'm Marina Yevshan, co-host of the Russian-Ukraine War Report podcast, and today is September the 26th, 2023. It's been 3,500 days since Russia's illegal occupation of Crimea on January 27, 2014, and one year and 215 days since Russia expanded its war of aggression against Ukraine. Today's podcast looks at today's critical events and the events of September the 25th. You can use a Russia-Ukraine war map to help you visualize the areas discussed today. You can find a link in the podcast's description. Let's start with the daily assessment, which has some significant updates. Our assessment that the soft response by Ukraine's allies after Russian aggression on Ukraine's border would further embolden Moscow to take increasing risks was accurate, with Russia attacking the orlivka isakcha border checkpoint between Ukraine and Romania. We maintain that Russia will continue to escalate until NATO and allied nations take a stronger stance, or Russia causes a significant international incident, risking a military response. The Russian Ministry of Defense remains in a chaotic state, incapable of creating mission cohesion between penal units, mobics, conscripts, elite forces and proxy forces. The inability of Russian military leaders to stop the ongoing Ukrainian offensive and retake the battlefield initiative has put significant pressure on Russian chief of staff Valery Gerasimov, who has been in charge of all Russian forces in Ukraine since January 2023. Ukraine continues to hold the initiative theater-wide, and the number of combat-ineffective and combat-destroyed Russian units is growing, eroding Russian combat potential in numerous areas of operation. There remains a possibility of partisan violence within Russia after the killings of Evgeny Prigozhin and Dmitry Utkin. President Putin's stature, both inside and outside of Russia, remains in a weakened state. The perceived slow progress of the ongoing Ukrainian offensive, questions about the capabilities of Ukrainian military commanders at the battalion and brigade level, and ongoing anti-corruption measures highlighting the problems within the Ukrainian government continue to strain Western support. Western partners are still not meeting their promised military training, heavy equipment and ammunition delivery dates, negatively impacting Ukraine's military capabilities. Additionally, Ukraine created naval parity in the Black Sea using asymmetrical warfare, which is not receiving the proper amount of attention in the information space. Russia will attempt to destroy Ukraine's energy infrastructure over the fall and winter, and the possibility of an intentional nuclear accident caused by Russian occupiers at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant remains low, but the threat should be taken seriously. Today's action report starts in the Donbass. The Russian Ministry of Defense, or Armoured, claimed that Ukrainian forces were on the offensive in the Serebransky woods near Dibrova. We explained in an earlier report that Armoured's idea of an offensive 
could be as small as a sabotage and reconnaissance squad. A geo-confirmed video showed the first-person view from a Ukrainian kamikaze drone that navigated through the trees near Dibrova to a Russian forward operating base, flew under the camouflage netting and through the entrance of the dugout occupied by troops. A surveillance drone showed the forward operating base was destroyed. Our daily situation report links to many of the pictures, videos and resources I discuss in today's report. You can subscribe to our Patreon for as little as $5 a month and we offer a 7-day free trial. You can find a link in the podcast description or search Patreon for malcontent news. In occupied Luhansk, three Storm Shadow cruise missiles hit a large ammunition depot in Sorokina, 7.5 kilometers from the Russian border and 135 kilometers from the line of conflict. Multiple videos of the attack didn't show any activity from air defenses, and shortly after the attack, rockets and anti-aircraft missiles started to cook off, launching in all directions. NASA firms showed widespread thermal anomalies in northern Sorokine and indicated the site burned at least nine hours. There were indications that rockets and missiles that cooked off struck south of Molodohvardysk and Suhodilsk. Moving to the northeast Donetsk region, mutual fighting was reported north of Klishchivka. Ukrainian drones, motor units and artillery have made logistics using the T-513 highway ground line of communication difficult. An FPV kamikaze drone destroyed a Russian truck just before it entered the highway at Mykolaivka. An important sidebar from our analyst team. An overused term is established fire control. The United States Department of Defense defines fire control as, quote, the control of all operations in connection with the application of fire on a target. Simply put, it is the command and supervision of artillery fire. Ukrainian forces hold fire control of the T-513 highway, but that does not mean the highway is unusable. Ukrainian forces are effectively disrupting and interdicting Russian supply and troop movements, and as they continue to advance, the road will become increasingly difficult to use. In southwestern Donetsk, we have news in Marinka. There has been a change. Russian forces have repeatedly shelled northern Marinka for over a week, indicating that Ukrainian troops have recently made marginal gains. Based on the intelligence we've observed, a map adjustment was made. Further south, Russian forces launched an attack east of Novomikhailivka and continued a 19-month tradition of failure. In occupied Donetsk, returning listeners may remember we reported that Russian engineers said the Rostov-on-Don to Donbass water pipeline project would lose most of its water due to leaks. Their study was accurate, almost to the percentage point. The promise of regular water service to the Donetsk metro area was not achieved, even as the pipeline reached capacity. The illegitimate Ministry of Construction, Housing and Communal Services in the so-called Donetsk People's Republic reported that two-thirds of the incoming water leaks out of rotted pipes, which need replacement.
Ukrainian troops have entered another brief operational pause in the Zaporizhia region. Fighting continued along the entire axis from west of Robotene, the outskirts of Novoprokopivka, along the Surovikin line following the 160-meter and 140-meter heights, to Verbove. Ukrainian forces have likely pushed deeper into Verbove, but operational security is tight. We did expand the gray area into Verbove on our war map. In occupied Zaporizhia, the bodies of two Russian soldiers who were shot in the head were found in Luhivka, east of Tokmak. A Russian soldier claimed he didn't see the incident, but saw a pickup truck speeding away after the gunfire. In places where partisans roam, even the trees whisper Ukrainian. Now let's talk about the Black Sea, including the countries of Romania and Bulgaria, occupied Crimea and the Mykolaiv and Odessa regions. In occupied Crimea, air raid sirens wailed for hours in Sevastopol, sending residents into the streets looking for shelter. Russian officials claimed a missile was shot down near Belbek military airfield. At the time of publication, there were no reports of damage. Residents took to social media to complain about locked bomb shelters for the second day in a row. Russian state media reported that most aircraft and helicopters at Jankoy, where additional explosions were reported, took to the air to prevent being hit on the ground. The September 23rd Storm Shadow missile strike on Sukharna Balka I talked about on Sunday was successful. The missile hit a Russian logistics center near an ammunition depot. One Russian soldier was killed and two wounded. Our analysts are waiting for the next satellite pass for a battle damage assessment. In Odessa, Shahid-136 Kamikaze drones struck the border checkpoint between Orlivka, Ukraine, and Isakcha, Romania. The checkpoint building on the Ukrainian side of the river was heavily damaged, along with 30 trucks. Two truck drivers were injured, with one in hospital. A bus with 22 civilians waiting for the next ferry narrowly missed being hit. At the time I recorded, the passengers were stuck on the Ukrainian side of the Danube. The attack occurred as a Romanian-flagged ferry departed. Video of the strike was also recorded from the Romanian side of the Danube, and there are unconfirmed reports of drone debris landing in Romania territory. The international crossing has been temporarily closed, and commercial trucks have been redirected to other checkpoints. When the script was written, Romanian officials had not released a statement. Relief that no one was killed on the night of September 24th-25th by missile strikes on Odessa faded, after two people working at a grain warehouse were reported missing hours after the attack. A search of the ruble located both of their bodies. In Mykolaiv, debris from a Shahid-136 kamikaze drone that was shot down landed on a 700-square-meter barn in the Bashtansky district, setting the building on fire. There were no injuries, but the structure was a total loss. Russia continues to target civilians and civilian infrastructure in Free Kherson. 
Херсон Область Administrative and Military Governor, or OVA, Oleksandr Prokudin, said Russia carried out 93 fire missions and 17 airstrikes, firing 491 munitions, rockets and bombs on Free Kherson. Six civilians were killed and ten wounded. Residential areas, schools, an administrative building, a college dormitory, a pharmacy, a food processing plant, a grocery store were hit. Area leaders announced mandatory evacuations in several settlements due to the intensity of Russian attacks. Three people were killed in Borislav when Russian Aerospace Forces, or VKS, dropped four bombs on the city, destroying an administration building and residential housing. Shelling of the Dnipro district of Kherson left three dead and two wounded. Side note. You may have noticed that I pronounce Ukrainian names in Ukrainian and Russian names in Russian. However, our listeners who don't know respective languages might find it difficult to perceive the phonetics, especially in acronyms. I always try to say them as clear as possible. Moreover, we provide full English names along with the acronyms to make sure nothing gets lost in translation. In addition, our subscribers can check the spelling in our daily situation reports. On the night of September 25-26, a Russian KH-59 guided missile struck Kiselivka, destroying 18 homes and wounding at least four people. I have news from central and western Ukraine. In Dnipropetrovsk, a ballistic missile struck a business in Krivy Rih. Local officials said there were no injuries, but did not share any other information. Cherkasy Oblastova Igor Taburets reported the Ukrainian Air Force shot down four Shahid-136 kamikaze drones, but at least one broke through air defenses and hit an infrastructure facility. At the time of recording, there wasn't information of damage or casualties. On the Russian front, I have a follow-up on the drone strike in Kursk at Halina military airfield. It was reported that the commander of the 14th Aviation Regiment, a deputy commander, a Federal Security Service of Russia counterintelligence agent, and enlisted personnel were killed when they started to examine the UAV. We cannot independently verify the claim. However, Russian sources warned earlier this month that Ukrainian drones were booby-trapped and should only be approached by bomb disposal experts. In Belarus, the duck potato prince and self-declared president Alexander Lukashenko banned private ownership of drones. Citizens are now prohibited from importing, storing, selling, manufacturing and using UAVs. Residents of Belarus have six months to sell or store any drones they currently own to a government-approved organization. A quick sidebar. Does anyone want to bet that the government-approved organization is 
the Russian Federation. Today's podcast ends with theater-wide events. Russian launched another large drone attack on the night of September 25th, 26th, including 38 Shahid-136 kamikaze drones. The Ukrainian Air Force intercepted 26 of the UAVs. It is reported that Russian President Vladimir Putin has given Minister of Defense Sergei Shoigu until October to reverse the ongoing Ukrainian offensive. Many Russian sources have reported that Chief of Staff Gerasimov has personally taken control of the Russian defense of Zaporizhia. It is unclear if this change was made due to the Black Sea Fleet headquarters missile strike, which may have wounded Russian commanders, or due to Kremlin pressure. Moving to assessment. We had assessed in January 2023, when Gerasimov was made responsible for all Russian forces in Ukraine, that continued battlefield failures would create a problem for the Kremlin. It was easy to dismiss prior Russian commanders, but Gerasimov is a close Putin ally, second only to Shoigu. While President Putin may have made a do this or else declaration, it is unclear what or else would look like. We find it highly unlikely that Shoigu or Gerasimov would be dismissed or forced to resign. It is also unclear who could be a competent replacement. Not that Shoigu or Gerasimov are particularly competent compared to their Ukrainian counterparts. Fuel shortages in the occupied territories continue to expand, with new reports of Russian military vehicles running out of fuel. The impact on Russian logistics is minimal for now, but gasoline and diesel fuel reserves are at critical levels in the occupied territories. Russia isn't low on fuel, the problem is logistics. Diesel, gasoline and aviation fuel are shipped to Crimea by roll-on, roll-off ferries. Approximately 30 railroad cars arrive each day. The Kerch Strait Bridge was never fully repaired and can only support light trains. It is unclear why fuel trains won't use the bridge. Either they can't due to the weight, or Russian leaders fear another attack. A combination of destroyed fuel depots and a shortage of trucks, drivers and tankers is causing shipping delays. The head of Ukrainergo Volodymyr Kudrytsky said he believes Ukraine's energy infrastructure would survive Russian attacks over the winter. Quote, I think that we will definitely get through the winter. There may be difficulties associated with shelling, but the energy system will not fall apart. The energy system will work. We will cope. Unquote. Kudritsky said that work was done over the summer to harden power facilities and that linemen and other workers have good experience making rapid repairs after attacks. Enerhoatom reported that maintenance work on Ukraine's nuclear power plants was completed, with all reactors operating at full power. The facilities still under Ukrainian control are generating a combined 6,400 megawatts. Debris from an S-300 anti-aircraft missile, presumably from Ukraine, was found in Moldova, 
in a remote area of the unrecognized Republic of Transnistria. The debris landed in a garden in the village of Kitskane, with no explosion and no injuries. Ukraine revealed the new Marichka uncrewed subsurface vessel. The 6-meter-long drone has a range of 1,000 kilometers and can carry out surveillance and attack missions, including striking ships below the waterline like a torpedo. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky reported that the first batch of United States-provided Abrams M1A1 main battle tanks have arrived in Ukraine. Finally, Polish President Andrzej Duda said Poland would continue transferring weapons to Ukraine, sending its older military equipment as it's replaced with new ones. And that's what happened during the last 36 hours. Your support of my home, Ukraine, helps us make history and protect the future for all. You've been listening to the Malcontent News Russia-Ukraine War Podcast. To help keep us independent, please consider providing financial support by becoming a patron. Want on-demand news in your hand? Download the Google News app and make Malcontent News one of your favorites to receive breaking news updates. Thank you for listening.